You're listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. I'm Megan DiMartino, and it's Friday, my favorite day of the week. I am so excited to have my guest, Denise Fuller, with us today. But before we greet Denise, I'd like to share a little bit about Unique Leaders and what we do here. Unique Leaders came from really last year when we all were in um, kind of a different mode of life. And I've been doing lives for years, but I started interviewing people and having them share their stories. And it so resonated with people that I just continued on. And that is how Unique Leaders was born. So it's about a year old and we're continuing on. I would so appreciate though, if you would take a a minute right now to share this out, because you're going to hear some things from Denise Fuller, who's a pioneer in the spa industry. And I'll share a little bit before we uh, introduce Denise, but you'll learn and hear things in her story that you will resonate with personally and professionally and in your own personal journeys. They say that a success leaves clues I don't want clues. I want the whole enchilada, as I say. So I, meaning for you, I want you to hear Denise's story and journey that you can glean that information that you can apply to your own lives. I personally have been asked uh, for years and years and years, how did I know to start a skincare brand? How did I know to start a spa? How did I know when to evolve it to medical and the like? Those are questions that are really answered by my story, my journey. It's not one dynamic. It is in the journey. As I say, there's always a surprise in their story. So sit back and enjoy Miss Denise Fuller's story. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Denise Fuller. Hi, Megan. How are you today? I am blessed to have you here with me today, Miss Denise Fuller. Well, thank you very much. Likewise, and I'm so grateful that you asked me to come on your show. Well, we have a lot in common, Denise. And I, um, when I'm um, asking individuals to join me, I'm always thinking about... Uh, you know, not just a diversified crowd, meaning of Mm -hmm. industries, but also people's journeys. And, uh, but we have a lot in common. We We both started in the beauty beauty business when we were 12, right? Exactly. I mean, I really think that's true, actually. I think that's true. I think you are the second person I'm scanning my brain quickly, but I think of all this year, you, my dear friend, Carla Runner, who is um, a uh, pioneer in eyelash extensions. She has a spa in Little Rock, Arkansas. I've known Carla since the early uh, 2000s, but other than Carla, I think you're the only beauty uh, biz person I have ever interviewed. So I'm thrilled to have you with me, really. Honestly, I mean that sincerely. Well, so. So what I like to do, because your story is so rich, I mean, you've been editor of Les Nouvelles Esthétique magazine, you're the founder of an amazing, uh, what would you call Nason? Um, 
Um, I call it an organization. I, you can call it a network. It's the National Aesthetic Spa Network, or NASM Pro for short. A lot of people um, call it NASA, and I'm like, yes, we are out of this world. But drop the A, put an N in there, and then it's NASM Pro. And we've grown the organization from 12 estheticians in 2004 to almost over 30,000 members globally. That's and true. I think what's unique about our membership is that it is free, complimentary. That, so is, that is rock star. That is rock star from everything that everyone in every business industry to be involved in an organization like that is, is very expensive. So before we go into that in that arena, let's go back to young Denise. And where did you grow up? And a little bit about your early years and what dreams, goals, and aspirations you may have had during that time, or maybe not. But what was the beginning period of Denise uh, like? Well, actually, I was born in Dallas, Texas, and I was adopted to a beautiful Christian um, husband and wife that had no other children. And so they adopted me. I have met my biological parents. And interestingly enough, my biological mother owned a salon and was a cosmetologist in Corsicana, Texas. Oh, wow. So, you know, you, it, it's interesting, you know, that saying about, is it, you know, in the blood? Is it how you're raised? And so, you know, but I've been blessed because, you know, I do think it's a little bit in the blood, the beauty business, but then also the gentleman that adopted me, my, the, my mom and dad, my father was a naturopath doctor. And so I had the opportunity of growing in a household that truly understood health and holistic. And my, or I'm sorry, my adopted father is really a pioneer. I mean, we had family dinners with Dr. Bernard Jensen, who's a father of iridology. And a lot of these great pioneers have passed away just because mm -hmm. of age. Sure. Um, but I can remember, you know, I never had Twinkies in my lunchbox. You know, um, if I had a fever, my dad's like, that's good. Fevers are good, you know, to a certain degree. And mm -hmm. it really paved my way of getting into not just having outer beauty, but also inner beauty and what that means. So it's a really good balance of, of both. Absolutely. And so I'm blessed. Very much so. Wow. So I did not know either of those, um, you know, facts of your life, but you grew up in Texas then is what you're a saying. A little bit. No, um, actually I've kind of moved around a lot. Um, my parents moved uh, when, and interesting, they had a restaurant in Denton, I think it was Denton, um, Texas. And at four years old, my father had, and he was only in his thirties, had like emphysema and he was very, very ill. And that's what was the catalyst to him getting into naturopathy. Um, he went to a doctor and the doctor said, look, your occupation is killing you, your chemicals, your lifestyle, the way you're eating. So my father actually moved to um, Arizona, then to California. And in California in 1978, they had one of the largest um, health food stores in San Diego. So this was kind of before Whole Foods, um, before your Vons and your Safeway had um, really a health food aisle. 
they were your true mom and pop health food store that, you know, you could buy your organic turkey at Thanksgiving. You could go in and get your vitamins, your herbs, and um, it was quite successful. So that really changed there. So I actually grew up in California, sunny, sunny Southern California. And, um, you know, I mean, and then in 1991, we moved and through a few things, we wound up in Florida. And um, since then, I've gone back and forth for, to Florida. So Florida is now home. Um, mm -hmm. I, I love sunshine and I love the ocean. Mm -hmm. So you are now uh, still in Florida, as you're saying. Um, no, my business is in Florida, but I actually have a home in Pennsylvania, which is completely Denied to what I just said because of the inclement weather of the Northeast, we kind of landed there after um, my husband passed away. I had an opportunity to purchase a Victorian home, and for the last seven years has have raised my two daughters um, as a single mom and have learned how to drive in snow, which I never have, and I wow. it, it's wow. interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, because our journey began when you were in Florida. Yes. And, and so, um, but I did see on social media that the home, your beautiful home in Pennsylvania. So I knew there was some change there, you know, well, some evolution and, there. So, but, I, yeah. And I travel a lot. Um, yeah. And anytime I can, I go back to Florida just because that's really where my heart is. Mm -hmm. um, Pennsylvania is beautiful in the summertime, but let me tell you those winters, woo, they dry out your skin and it is a yeah. whole nother level when it comes yeah. to, to living in coldness. Yeah, that's actually, I would, um, 87, I moved to Texas from New York and mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I thought it was just a job and not temporary, but I meaning I didn't really perceive that I was going to be here forever. Mm -hmm. But, but once you get used to not living in snow and ice, um, it's, it's hard to go back to it. So, it's something I probably will never do again. Yeah. yeah. But, but there are reasons for everything. And, and that, as I said, your home is beautiful and it was, I'm sure a great thing for your daughters at that time. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So now um, when I met you, you were the editor, correct? Mm -hmm. of, I'm in Miami. Mm -hmm. Yes. In Les Nouvelles Esthétiques. For our, our guests, Les Nouvelles is the, one of the leading uh, trade publications in the spa and aesthetic industry. And as many of you know, I have a skincare brand and I've been manufacturing clinical products since um, 92. And so during that journey, uh, that company, oh, that magazine also had a trade show and probably still do. I don't know that, but uh, I was a participant in the show many, many times over the years. So we met during that season and I was a guest um, author a few times, writer a few times. And... Um, and then, uh, so tell us about, because I know that I'm asked these questions all the time. So I know our guests would love to hear your journey. So you were in Florida and how did you go from um, being there uh, to being the editor of Les Nouvelles? Well, I've been an esthetician since 1994. Okay. And I went to a wonderful school in Florida and I did actually have a career before I became the editor. Um, I'm not a journalist by trade. I don't have a writing degree or an English degree. I mean, I love aesthetics. I love the beauty industry. And so I started out um, 
graduating, I worked in a salon, then I went to PGA National Resort and spa for five years, I had a celebrity clientele, Celine Dion, Susan Lucci, um, movie directors that would come into town and service them. But then after I'd worked there for about five and a half years, I was kind of on that cusp of, I wasn't quite old enough to go into management Mm-hmm. And I really felt like I needed something more uh, robust as far as my education. So I went to Australia. I became a beauty therapist and I started taking some naturopath courses. I didn't become a naturopath doctor, but um, definitely, again, wanted to do a deeper dive into more of that holistic side, getting certificates, herbal master um a certification, things like that. Um, came back to the States after living there for two and a half years. And my husband was there. Um, and at that time we had two children. I now have three, we added to it. Um, so then we came back to from Australia to America. I had my own, like you, a distribution line. So I've done the trade show route, having a skincare company. Um, I've taught aesthetics and had the opportunity to start writing for different trade magazines. So not just L&E, but Dermoscope Magazine, mm-hmm. Day Spa Magazine. I also wrote for Australian um beauty times over there so that started to get um, my name out to um an audience and a platform Mm -hmm. Um, and again it was always in this directive of education and i think that's what i love i love being able to just help others um whether it's in their skincare needs whether it's in their health you know or or career Mm -hmm. just whatever that assistance is can i find someone that i can connect you with can i you know again give you the knowledge Mm -hmm. um and through speaking and writing articles i was asked to be the editor and i was the first esthetician editor in the united states for eleni at the time so i kind of pioneered and paved that way for Mm -hmm. other estheticians Mm -hmm. to take that role as a leading editor, as editor-in-chief, which was extremely exciting. And it was, and I learned so much. So I'm very grateful for that season in my life. And that's where I met you. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Uh, So the timeline, because I'm piecing this together, um, because you got your license in 94. And what's interesting about your uh, timeline is about your dad also, you know, with his naturopathic mm-hmm. background and that influencing you, because again, that's that marinade, just yes. absorbing what you were exposed with. And that's one of the reasons with unique leaders, I like to go back and see, help people see the thread of those, uh, of the individual's journey and what you've been exposed to and Absolutely. how you glean from that. So, and so what time frame? Denise, uh, did you, um, I'm trying to think of the industry too, as I'm thinking of your uh, timeline. What years were you at l as the editor? Um, 2007 to 2013. 13. Mm-hmm. So during that season, wow, a lot evolved in two th- from 2007 to 13 it did. in the aesthetic world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you were there and then uh, I have so many questions, but I want to keep it kind of in a timeline. So when you left uh, and I, you know, I want our guests to see the um, and our listeners, because there are many people who are in the beauty industry and, and spa industry that because of my background, you know, do 
uh, tune mm-hmm. into Unique Leaders. So uh, I want you to understand how clearly, it, how important what Denise shared is that, and this is applicable to all industries, but mm-hmm. how you evolved your career. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your license, but then you sought out more education in an, uh, you know, a field that married with aesthetics because the skin is the largest organ. Health is, you know, all encompassing, but you've got that education, came back and then started uh, doing what you, you worked again. Mm-hmm. And prestigious, uh, you know, uh, uh, you said the PGA, is that what you said? PGA National Resort and Spa is yeah. a really larger, um, it stands for Professional Golfers Association. Right. The right. headquarters is in Palm Beach Gardens. Um, but I've also worked in smaller salons. I've also been national educators for cosmetic brands for several of our pro brands. Yeah. Um, PCA, I've worked for universal companies. You know, I mean, I have um, a friend that says, Denise, do you know what you're going to be when you grow up? And I'm like, I don't know. The sky is the limit, you know? Yeah, Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it, there's so much you can do. And I think it's just, you know, don't, you know, take no for an answer. If this is, you know, what you do and what you're passionate about, find your passion and then just find a unique opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to present your passion and create a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I do believe in putting people over profits, but I also know that when you marry that, those people and the passion, the profitability and your revenue do come in. So it's, you know, but there's so much you can do in the beauty industry. So I would encourage anyone that is maybe hesitant about becoming a cosmetologist or an esthetician or nail technician, massage therapist, you know, whatever that is, there are so many opportunities to make money. And I have been in this industry twice now as a single mom and it's be able to pay my bills. And I think that's important because you know, it doesn't matter what level we are, you know, whether we're a billionaire, you still have a light bill. Absolutely. And it is, it is again, you're sharing so many different points, but it is almost a a recession proof or a pandemic proof sort of, that was a little, I mean, recession proof, I think, yes pandemic proof um the last 18 months have been very challenging for the beauty industry because you've gone into retail stores the cosmetic counters are closed um you can't go into a salon because again they're closed and so it's been a lot of different ways to now cause your beauticians or your um, estheticians, your spa, local spas and salons to go, okay, if I'm not doing an actual service, how can I stay afloat? How can I stay in business? And Mm -hmm. the one thing that I have seen, and I'm sure you have, Megan, those spas and salons who have a community connection, Mm -hmm. they have been able to stay afloat. Mm -hmm. So when the doors were open, the clients came back. hundred percent, hundred percent. Now you made a comment here, which I haven't been in a department store. I don't even remember the last time, even before the pandemic. But uh, but um, Texas is fairly um, different than some other states, so I can't even critique on a department store here. But uh, we opened up again in March, in March, in May, mm-hmm. here in Texas. 
Um, but what you said, a hundred percent, meaning that when I when I had to close my door, and people uh, who listen to my work know this, but I, the Holy Spirit just spoke to my uh, to me and said, "Don't go dark." And right. so I was. I got did my morning routine, got dressed, went to the spa every day, Denise, um, and was there. I started doing a lot of lives. This is when this started. The unique leaders, but. The week before we had to close, I brought in a large order from my warehouse, mm-hmm. which is in Dallas. And I, um, but because I just didn't know. And so it was that uncertainty and un- not knowing. But I, so as long as FedEx was in business, I was in business. Yeah. And so, um, of course, per curbside, but I, that we did ship uh, a good, good, uh, I mean, the quantities were not that devastating from that period of time, that almost two months. I'm talking about profit, uh, profit product, mm-hmm. not service, because we obviously were not there. But we were in, but I did what I call or called the pop-up shop. Mm-hmm. And so I kept my staff engaged. Mm-hmm. And so we did, uh, you know, lives like this. Mm-hmm. And um, the girls were doing, and they had their choice of doing whatever, talk about what they, whatever. But we were engaging with our community, hundred percent. Couldn't agree yeah. more. Couldn't and, agree I, more. and I think for business owners, we had to do a deep dive and go, okay, wait a minute. Do we just, you know, hide underneath the covers and, you know, come out when everything is okay? Or do we keep servicing? And, you know, we are in the hospitality industry. We, you know, we don't just, you know, do makeup. I mean, I don't believe that a salon and spa are not essential. I believe they are essential because human touch is essential. And when you take that away, you are taking a lifeline for a lot of women and men that may be lonely. I don't care if you're going into a nursing home. Now mm-hmm. you can't. You know, for again, so we really had to find a way to be able to, again, service our clients, meet the needs of our community. And also what happened with a lot of sponsors, they gained new customers nationally. So now suddenly the salon in Wisconsin is helping someone in California. Mm -hmm. So if you kind of, you know, and I heard you say the Holy Spirit, and you know, I'm a Christian, I'm faith-based woman, that if you really were able to pray, get quiet, Mm -hmm. meditate, the answers will come. They Mm -hmm. may not always come right away, but if Mm -hmm. you continue to dig deep, you're going to find the right answers for your business, which may be totally different than Sally Sue or the restaurant industry or, you know, FedEx, whatever it is, but there's a way, there's always an answer. Always, always an answer. So this is April 20th or the 20, whatever today's date is. And um, so, and you live in Pennsylvania. So each state is a each state state different place. But, but uh, do you find that nationally, because NASEN is a national organization, um, are salons opening up around the United States? They are. They are. I mean, you know, again, it depends. Texas has been open for a while. Arizona, Florida, um, Idaho, some of these other, um, I think Montana is another one that has been open for a while. South Dakota, um, from what I've understood, hasn't really closed down much at Mm -hmm. all. 
But then you look at Pennsylvania, New York, California. California was um, the last to allow salons. And actually in Los Angeles County, I think mm -hmm. they only opened up almost three weeks ago. Wow. So we're talking, you know, just last month they opened up. So we, I know we saw nationally a lot of support for our restaurants and, and again, we needed to support our local restaurants, but on the same token, we needed also to support our spas and salons yes. for them being closed. You know, other businesses were able to navigate or, you know, do something that made them essential. Mm -hmm. Whereas the restaurant industry and the, um, the spa industry, you know, these two industries were majorly um, hurt by the shutdowns. Oh, it's just heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure that you've seen uh, many of your colleagues that are in those states that uh, have, you know, you hear that term pivot. Um, I don't even resonate with that word, but meaning that had to rethink their lives and and change their lives. However, and, that might look. and I do have several members that they sold equipment, they shut their businesses down, they moved from, you know, maybe New Jersey to, to Florida, or they just flat out said, I am going into nursing, I am going into a whole different industry, and really made people think, do they want to continue mm -hmm. what they're doing? Is it truly making them happy? Mm -hmm. And my question is, if it's not making you happy, then you absolutely should close down your business, go into something that you should, whether it's real estate, whatever it may be. Right. Yes. But, you know, and I think this time of this pandemic was a great time for that reflection to happen. Yes, very much so. I'm working on some projects that are just that, meaning because I'm uh, like you, I'm sure, approached by so many people. I am going to be changing um, what I'm doing, I need some guidance. So mm -hmm. coaching as well, meaning yourself, you have such a great background and such a broad background that can be applicable to so many industries. And so, um, coaching and training and educating mm -hmm. and working on other things that do make your heart sing. But then, because, you know, back in the day when I used to do I always say I have done more trade shows than any one human being should have ever done. But, um, you know, back in the day, I would always say to people as I was doing a classroom at the show, uh, if you do not like people, you're in the wrong industry. Yes. You know? and yeah. Because it's a serving, it's a, like you said, it's a service business, but you also sh uh, spoke about touch. And so, uh, you know, it's a building a relationship business mm -hmm. uh, and it is, uh, you know, because, you know, sales, it's, you know, a relationship building. Yes. But aesthetics and uh, cosmetology, it's a true uh, business and career based on relationships. Well, True. when you think about what we do as an esthetician and a massage therapist, sure. we are really, besides a doctor, the only other industry that says, please take your clothes off and get onto a treatment table. Right. right. I mean, I'm, That's great. I, I mean, I've, I've never th thought of that that way, but you're I mean, right. Other than a a, of, there's a lot of trust. That, yes. and respect that comes into a woman that's coming in for a waxing or a chemical peel. And you know, chemical peels are just not right here. Skin doesn't stop right here. 
it goes down then other areas you know and so you know we we do have a lot of knowledge at our fingertips Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we have to really embrace the respect factor to our clients and providing a safe environment that again so that they can take their clothes off and we need to do what we need to do Mm -hmm. i always used uh, the word um customize the experience and customize the treatment it's not a one-stop shop it's not a cookie cutter it's customized to that individual's needs and it's it's key 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 so now the world in the United States um, is, like you said, California just a couple of weeks ago. I can't even imagine. I just can't. But I do understand and clearly see because uh, the uh, Texas market, holy, and like Florida, oh my goodness, the um, influx of folks from California is extraordinary. Absolutely. And, you know, this, again, this had, gave us an opportunity to make certain that our business was clean that we were really doing what we were supposed to be doing as professionals, wearing our gloves, now wearing a mask, you know, all that personal protective equipment. How mm-hmm. can we best serve our clients? Because again, as a food server, I have a plate of food, but I put it on the table or I can do curbside. If I'm an esthetician, how close am I in to someone's face, that breathing mm-hmm. space? Mm-hmm. So as an industry, we really had to look at how we were doing business how we were doing our treatments mm-hmm. and you know do we do steam do we not you know all these different things so i know that there's been a, an enormous amount of loss and my heart breaks when you start looking at the numbers and just everything but as a business owner there we can extrapolate mm-hmm. so many positive things that have now made us better at what we do Mm-hmm. Very much so. And those are things that people don't have the, uh, you know, the customer, the guest of our businesses don't even, they just like you shared earlier about trust, but um, you and I have both been in education. And so with trainings, you know, you, uh, we, um, my spa that I just recently sold, Um, You know, we always uh, operated from an OSHA sanitation position, Mm -hmm. not just a TDLR, Texas Department of Licensing, uh, you know, because sanitation is a key, key component to what and people don't see it. They don't understand it. They just expect it. I assume they expect it. But uh, regardless, your safety is our concern. And uh, but you're right. It gave many people pause to. that that sanitation dynamic for and as a leader in the industry i was asked to serve on governor desantis and he's the um uh, mayor the the governor in florida and what he did and i don't know i can't answer for any other states but what he did is he asked industries to come together and provide information as to what or how they should open up oh that's great um, I sat on that task force and they didn't take, I mean, they didn't take all my, my suggestions. I wish they would have, but, um, you know, at least I thought it was a good effort and yes, you know, they were listening. And I do know that I think West Virginia or Virginia, no, Virginia also did that. Some of our members served on that. So we were corresponding back and forth. And I think, you know, with any industry you're in, it's mm-hmm. important to have that community, that network that you can call someone up and say, hey, what are you doing? 
Mm-hmm. You know, you may not be in the spar salon industry, but maybe you're in real estate. Maybe you're, totally. you know, driving, whatever it is. But how are we all coming together to make what we do safe, better, essential, so that if, God forbid, there is another lockdown or, you know, there is more stringent um, rules or statutes that are being, what are we going to do as Mm -hmm. industry to serve our clients and stay Mm -hmm. in business and not go cuckoo for cuckoo puffs during it? Yes, very much so. So you... um, in initially, we spoke, uh, you gave a little overview of NASIN, uh, National Aesthetic, uh, National Aesthetic Spa Network. Spa Network. Um, and you gave a little information about it. So let's go back to what that is and in correlation to what we've been talking about mm-hmm. and how has the pandemic dynamic here affected that and what are you going to be doing going forward? Absolutely. Well, in 2004, I started um, with another colleague, this um, organization, and there was only 12 estheticians. It was a round table. It was free. And we never really even realized what we were doing or what we were starting. This was before social media. Mm -hmm. And as you know, Megan, when you went to a trade show, you were so busy either shopping or running around doing the classes, mm-hmm. they really didn't have the opportunity to collaborate. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a thread to really pull people together to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one thing that I felt as an esthetician in the treatment room, you needed to have communication and a supportive community. So mm-hmm. in 2004, that's what we started. It organically grew. Um, it was originally called the Florida Aesthetic Network because, you know, we were just going to maybe do this, you know, once a week, once a month. We really didn't know that we didn't have an advisory board. It was just, you know, kind of forging a path of getting spa professionals together. Mm-hmm. Now, 17 years later, through a lot of uh, tears, smiles, um seeing sometimes make taking risk and um, sometimes I didn't work out trying new things um, we have successfully been able to navigate a pandemic but now like I said we have over 30,000 members and you do have to be a professional so you know we have doctors mm-hmm. chiropractors we have Reiki masters we have um, massage therapists anyone that's in that yeah. touch and healing skin mm-hmm. sal- um, spa and salon industry is part of our industry is part of our network mm-hmm. and what we provide is member rewards so when you become a member at nasmpro.com you have the opportunity to get a discount through a hotel or um, car rental or everyone's favorite is Office Depot. We have a really good printing discount, saves you 80%, but that's your access. Then we have um, COA approved conferences, which came to a halt last year. We had two very successful um, conferences and Mm -hmm. then once March hit, everything was closed down. So we as an organization said, how can we best serve? And I didn't jump on to doing lives right away. I wanted to make certain that we were doing it right because some of the things I was seeing wasn't done just professionally. I mean, I just didn't want to get on and have a chat. So if we're going to do it, let's do it with a purpose. Mm -hmm. 
And I feel like that's, you know, just one of my core beliefs is if we're going to do something, let's do it with a purpose and to help others. So we waited and found our platform like, you know, you have, and then um, now have been able to offer some great live events. And then in January, we did have our COA approved conference in Florida. We did not have as many attendees as we normally do, sure. but it, we were literally the first um, event conference of the entire industry, which was very daunting because I'm like, I don't want to kill anyone's grandma. So, you know, so I, I knew that we needed to do it right. Mm-hmm. We had to, and that's what I told the vendors participating. That's why I told the attendees. I'm like, everyone is watching us. And sure, come to form that two weeks later, you started to see other industry trade shows, events start promoting that they were going to be starting to come back. So once again, we kind of paved that way to say, you know, it's okay. We're not doing anything wrong by getting together as professionals Mm -hmm. in a safe environment where we were doing everything. And I've said this all along that if you can go to, Starbucks, Taco Bell, Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, you should be able to go to a spa, a salon and get together and go to church. So again, safely. And Mm -hmm. if you don't feel good, if you're running a fever or if you have pink eye or whatever, you shouldn't be going to Lowe's, Home Depot, Starbucks, church anyways. Absolutely. I know that the COVID was a little bit more. So everyone stepped up. I mean, if you went into a Starbucks or you went through the drive-thru, you still got your coffee and you felt safe. It's felt okay. I, I don't think I've ever been so friendly when I would go into a Lowe's or a Walmart just because I craved that that touch of being together. Mm-hmm. Because we had, um, in 2019, we did over 23 conferences oh, just as our organization. So then for it to come to a halt. I was like, I miss our people. That's so and, yeah. and so in January, we had a great event and our next event is going to be in, we're doing a master class in Atlanta in May. And then in Boston, we're back to our COA approved um, conferences. So we're excited to be able to, you know, again, get back to back to and learning together how to navigate and, right. and shift up our own profession to serve the communities better. That is, it's so vital. It's so important. And um, I just so applaud you for doing not only what you're doing currently, but what you've done over these years. And um, I can't wait to talk with you about some ideas that I have to assist because for 17 years, Denise, you know, I started, uh, my Novitas Spa, and then it evolved to the Medical Rejuvenation Clinic for 17 years. Like, so when, as you were building this, you know, I was building that. And Mm -hmm. so I've just recently sold it, but I feel more passionate about, I mean, so I'm an, I'm an esthetician, I'm a medical esthetician. I, but I'm more passionate today about helping others uh, be successful in these days, months, and years of relaunching themselves and reinventing themselves 
uh, I really would love to be involved because no, absolutely, we love that. Yeah, it's, I feel so strongly about it because it's. Um, I hear it day in and day out, and I could bore you as well. And our guests are not necessarily interested in these, but um, points. But meaning people that are uh, uh, from our industry who are struggling, who had wonderful businesses, and um, just mm -hmm. don't even know don't even know how to really begin again. You know, right. in April of last year, there was one week where I had over 300 phone calls, text messages, emails. It just, by Friday night, I sat, um, I think it was about 10, no, I was on a phone call. It was about 11.30 and my youngest daughter came down the stairs and she mm -hmm. goes, and I was just sitting there and I, was, and I was crying, I was weeping. Just one, out of exhaustion. Sure. And, um, and, and two, just the enormity of what was going on, just internationally. Because again, we have members internationally. So I wasn't just getting phone calls from Florida or Pennsylvania. I was also getting phone calls and messages from Australia and New Zealand and Italy. And yes. she's like, Mom, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just physically, emotionally, spiritually, because I had prayed for several people that day, I had, you know, offering support and, you know, recommendations on, you know, who to contact and what to do and where can you find your personal protective equipment and just all these different things. Yeah. And I'm like, when is this, how can we rise above it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know there was so many great organizations that were, you know, offering a lot of information. And I'm like, you know what, the one thing I can do, I have been through so much personally in my life. I've had some really dark situations happen. I can offer help. Yes. So we started every week just doing an e-blast and sending out hope. Yes. And it didn't necessarily, wasn't from a biblical point of view. So I wasn't, you know, because I know everyone has different faith. But I think that hope is universal. Love is universal. And if we can offer hope and love, we can have a better community and a better world. Yes. So, you know, it does, you know, and for me, and I know that you know um, that I am a widow. And it is very difficult to lose your spouse, to lose a loved one. And there were people that... I communicated with that they lost their uncle, their, their wife, their brother, their sister due to this. And sometimes it can seem so hopeless. Um, and, and I understand that. And when my husband passed away, I was the editor in chief of the magazine. And, you know, I was still, I had a lot of responsibility. I, my daughters were young at the time. And there was, my husband did so much for me, you know, from taking me to the airport. And I remember the first time I had to go away, the enormity of like, how do I have, who's going to watch my kids? How do I get to the airport? Now I drive, but we always left my car at home. Well, I didn't even think because I had never even used a, a, a taxi cab. And I'm like, wait a minute, Denise, hold on. You <laughs> use cab services when you're at the New York show, when you do this. But when you have grief and trauma at all wrapped up, because my husband was shot and killed, and it was very traumatic. It was very gut-wrenching. It was very raw. It was very ugly. We wound up on the, um, the newspaper, the front pages of the Palm Beach Post. 
-hmm. So everybody knew what had happened. And so it was no, I couldn't just go underneath the covers and hide. Um, Mm -hmm. My husband passed away on Sunday and I was at work the next day because of my work ethic. I wanted to talk to the owner. Plus, Mm -hmm. we also had a NASA Pro event in Arizona going at the same time. And the coordinator of that event called me. She didn't know my husband had passed away. She had some questions. And and it was Pamela Springer, which I know you know. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Well, then later she had heard, and she goes, no, I, I just talked to Denise at 9 o'clock this morning. She said, And they're like, yeah, that's because Denise continues to work no matter what. Now looking back at it, I can say that I was an absolute mistake. I should have taken time off to grieve, to do what I need to do. Um, But again, at that time, all I could think of was I have a job. Mm -hmm. I have a job I have to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it wasn't until I left Miami, I moved to Pennsylvania. One day I was working on the house, which was kind of a little bit of a longer story. Yes, it sounds very exciting. um, Purchasing a Victoria home. However, I can tell you all those home improvement shows, <laughs> they do not get done in 30 minutes. No. At one point, I think I had like a money pit movie going on. And that was, I was taking a sledgehammer to a wall and I just, and I grabbed the toolbox and it was my husband's tools, my late husband's tools. And I just sat, no one was home. My kids were at school and I just cried and it was an ugly cry. And I hadn't done it in two years at the funeral. I got up and spoke. I was just a strong, you know, little soldier and I didn't take care of myself. Mm -hmm. So, so as you're talking about going back uh, to work and all of that, and then going to Pennsylvania. So I have two uh, questions. One was what you said, you should have taken time. So I assume that then going to Pennsylvania, purchasing this home was part of your healing process. It was. Yeah. It was, you know, and, and again, as an esthetician, I knew all of the right things to do, the essential oils, the prayers, the, the right food, uh, the self-care. You know, here I am writing about self-care Sundays, and I had a friend that goes, Denise, do you actually do them? No. So I wasn't being authentic even to our brand or what I was preaching per mm-hmm. se. Right. And, you know, that was a hard lesson to just kind of learn and, and being on that floor, just crying and being angry that I had been left and abandoned mm-hmm. with three children. Mm-hmm. And now my whole life has shifted. The magazine had decided to go in a different direction. So it was about, um, 13 months. Yeah, it was 13 months um, that they let me go. And I always had, and I'd already had NASM Pro. Um, but then I decided, you know what, now's my time to really dive deep and take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. But again, I had to do a little bit of soul searching. And personal do, work. Yeah, and personal work. Yeah. But now the second question is, that you, uh, this tragedy happened, you, as, like you said, you know, you jumped back in, then you realized you needed to 
um, you know, heal through that. And then the magazine did take a different uh, turn. Mm -hmm. But all of this, so this is the question, all of this um, on some level has prepared you to help others mm -hmm. in this, uh, because this is an international, as you said, organization, and this is an international situation, no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. So it, God has prepared you to help others uh, through it and now rebuilding and healing. Absolutely. And, you know, it's one thing to just survive. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of us just, you know, we're in that hamster wheel of just we've got to survive. But I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. Mm -hmm. And I want others to thrive. You know, we all have a destiny. We all have a purpose. We are all world changers. Yes. And if we grow together and if we learn from each other and we help each other, we then can truly thrive at what we do. No doubt about it, because we were not brought into this world by, I mean, we were, we came in by ourselves, but we were part of, and it is, um, we thrive together and it is absolute. So it's imperative that we help others to understand that too, to, because some, and again, you said about touch and what we, our industry is about. Mm -hmm. And so many people, that's one of the things that is heartbreaking to me about, um, I mean, the, um, I don't know what the term would be, not um, geriatric. I don't what's the term? I mean, meaning, but people that live in nursing homes and no fault of their own, you know, not meaning because they're ancient, because that's where they live. And um, we're so cut off by people. It just was, I don't even understand it, actually. But um, <laughs> I, I've had a lot of questions also, because, you know, some of it doesn't make sense of what we do and, and whatnot. I mean, I've sat back and I'm like, why can a 16-year-old um, give me a taco who has really no understanding of OSHA or, or basic cleanliness and sanitation, but they're open and yet, as a licensed esthetician that has almost 30 years, that understands sanitation, bacteriology, all the different things, I, I have to sit at home? It is nonsensical. sense. But, um, again, you know, we it is what it is. Um, right. It is. Exactly. That's not what we're here about. But I wanted people to understand, uh, again, it's your story. Mm -hmm. And it's so rich in, in evolution and growth. And to have people also understand that um, so many people in our industry um, have such amazing backgrounds mm -hmm. and they bring it to this industry. Right. And, and so they are here to help you. So today, when, you know, as you're listening to this, uh, folks, I would love you to think about um, reaching out to some people. Uh, people in our industry that you've wanted to know more about different things. Um, and because there's so much, I mean, we could go on to another show and we will do that at, not in unique leaders, but another structure I'm thinking about, but uh, you know, the, our industry, like before I sold the business, I think I told you this personally, mm -hmm. but I uh, started doing regenerative stem cell therapy. Right. So, mm -hmm. so, um, I have a medical director because I was a medical spa, but mm -hmm. my point to the point is that there, there are such amazing work being done 
in um, many, many spas throughout the world. It's no longer that beauty school dropout. We have evolved so much that doctors, cosmetic science come to us and say, how can we collaborate? That's right. Yes. So the next time you go into your spa salon and you're walking through, it's important to buy that shampoo. It's important to buy that, that cleanser, that peptide to get those services, you know, Target in or Walmart or the big box, you know, yes, they need our business too, but so does your local barber salon spa because they are there. They have done so much research. They've gone to school and they can really help at what you, what you need. Exactly. On every level. On every level. On every level. Yes. So as we close our visit today, and I so appreciate uh, your transparency, because again, we are in unprecedented times, as we've heard, you know, over the this last year, uh, and we're navigating different waters. And the, our industry has been, as we said, uh, dreadfully affected by this, but people are learning to evolve. And by the assistance of people like yourself, Denise, and hopefully a little bit from me, and um, and more so as you know, my uh, platform evolves and uh, is exposed, or you know, ex- uh, out there for people to uh, u- utilize. But um, so I appreciate you sharing because that's really what I wanted people to hear: the diversity, the uniqueness of our industry, and the knowledge that uh, people have, not just you and I, but the people in our communities. So reach out and touch those people. Absolutely. So with our close, I always ask my guests the same question. I don't know if you've ever read the book, Three Feet from Gold. It's written by Sharon Lecter, who is the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Greg Reed, uh, and they wrote this book together on, through the Napoleon Hill Foundation, Think and Grow Rich. But it's an interesting book on many levels, but it's a fiction and it's loosely based on autobiographical of um, uh, Greg Reed. But the premise of the um, beginning of the story was that back in the gold rush days, uh, this guy from the East Coast went out to the West and bought a... Uh, piece of the gold, you know, opportunity and started chiseling away. And he became very discouraged, very discouraged. And uh, he would go into town to get supplies. And so the townies were listening to this guy and he ended up giving up and he sold his potential gold vein to um, a local guy. And he went back into the mine and three feet, he struck gold. Mm-hmm. And so you know, there's so the essence of that is don't give up, don't give up. Mm-hmm. which is so applicable to what we're speaking about. And um, all of my guests, you know, that's the essence of their their stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, though, Sharon has created what she calls her success formula. And that is your passion plus talent times association mm-hmm. times action plus faith equals mm-hmm. success. That's Denise Fuller definition, but, but uh, what I, the question I'm going to ask you, Denise, is what is your passion and what is your talent? Passion is definitely helping others. I love helping others. 
and talent is connecting others. So if you look at what the cross does, so I'm going to get a little bit faith-based. If you look at the cross, it's like this, right? Yeah. So we connect people this way. Mm-hmm. And we also connect people to their divine purpose. Mm. Love it. Love it. Right. Because that our purpose is, um, and often we don't understand what our purpose is. And that is one of the things that you and I in our careers have helped people to identify mm-hmm. and then help them, uh, you know, build it from there. Absolutely. Identify Absolutely. and build it. Mm-hmm. That is wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Denise, on Unique Leaders Live. I truly appreciate it. You're just a treasure. You always have been. And I know that uh, the next few years are going to be extremely exciting for you and Nason Pro because the the industry is not going to go anywhere. It's only going to evolve more so. Absolutely. I really believe. It's stronger. It's going to get better. Mm-hmm. And with people like you, with an organization like NASA and Pro, you know, they're, it's limitless. So, again, thank you, Megan, for doing what you're doing, for being unique and providing this leadership platform. And thank you for allowing me to be on it and, and for me to share my passion and my purpose. Thank you, dear. We'll see you soon. And just hang into the green room for a minute. Well, I hope you enjoyed my visit with Denise Fuller as much as I did, because it is, it's a little, not that it's different, but it is about an industry that I am so familiar with and wanted you to really hear from one of the leaders, the, one of the leaders that has been so foundational in the evolution. And, and I use that word all the time because it's it's not pivoting, it's evolving. And it's just, as Denise said just a minute ago, it's only evolving to better. And so it, I wanted you to hear from Denise, who has such a uh, rich and uh, storied background in her aesthetic career and how she's taken that career and is now helping so many others. So again, thank you, Denise, for being with us today. So with that said, I would so appreciate you sharing this out. It's on YouTube, on the Megan Martino Unique Leaders page, as well as it uh, will be on uh, all the podcasting platforms by Tuesday. Uh, it'll have a replay tomorrow. But today, if you would share this out, not just with people that are in the beauty biz on some level, and it's a very broad platform, as Denise has shared, but others that are struggling in what they're doing, are thinking of uh, evolving into a new industry. But what Denise really, the thread of what Denise shared was that hope and possibilities. And it's just over the horizon. And it's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. So if you would like to go to megandimartino.com, my book, which is also on Amazon, but during the uh, lockdown, I put it on my website. Uh, So it's an ebook and it's free and just, it's a PDF. Just give us your information and you can download it and enjoy. So it is a timeline of a New York girl deep in the heart of Texas, but also my business career and never giving up. So I would love you to read it and send a review and let me know what you think. So go on YouTube, go on the podcast platforms. Not only Denise's story will be there Tuesday and live now, but also previous guests 
And this has been a year of true blessing for me and I know for you with some of these amazing uh, people that have been with me on Unique Leaders. So I will see you next Friday for another Unique Leaders Live and Wednesday on Megan DiMartino Live, Hope and Possibilities, and then other things coming. Have a blessed weekend and we'll see you soon. You're listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Thank you.